0: two of Four Down Territory. Uh, once again, we're ready to roll. We're really happy with uh, how the last episode turned out. We've got a good one for you today. Uh, we'll be talking about the NBA coming back, fingers crossed, uh, a little bit about what that is going to look like. We're going to talk about the match, big uh, charity golf tournament that happened just on Sunday. Uh, we're going to talk about documentaries a little bit, and we have an exclusive interview uh, with Jordy Hansen. Um, A lot of good content coming from there. Uh, Very credible AP Top 25 guy. Uh, So we get into that a little bit later. But um, who wants to kick it off with uh, thoughts on the NBA coming back?
1: I can uh, kick us off here. Um, I think that, one, this is fantastic. I am thrilled to hear that the NBA is going to come back. I think for me, like obviously I'm, I'm pretty curious to see what direction the league goes because it's like you have the option of, you know, some of these teams that are not going to have a chance of making the playoffs, like kind of what's the point of them playing, like a few, like, warm-up games. But at the same time, it's like, you know, these teams need to tune, tune up. And I also think some teams can benefit from having this, like, time off. Um, but I'm curious to how the league officially sets it up. Like, I know we're gonna it's going to be, they've discussed uh, Disney World, Disneyland, whatever the ones in Florida, in Orlando, as, like, the central location. Um, It's going to be different, and I think it's going to be really weird, especially, you know, if you have a game and it's in, like, you know, like a practice facility or something. It's, like, no fans, nothing. Um, It's going to be weird. But that being said, I'm very glad that basketball is coming back.
0: Yeah, I I think it it has to be different. There's no way that it can go back to being exactly what it was before. But I think that a different version of it is better than absolutely none of it. You know?
2: And it's fitting that it's in Orlando potentially because Disney World is advertised as the happiest place on Earth. So it's just a really good combination of NBA and happiest place on Earth.
3: And Disney is also the NBA's biggest partner.
2: Mm -hmm. Oh,
0: what a coincidence. Wild. That's crazy. (laughs) Don't they have they have Summer League in Orlando too, don't they? Like they have somewhat of an NBA structure there for the summer games.
1: I forget what the venue they have there is called, but every time I think of, you know, basketball, like a neutral location in Orlando, I literally think of that like practice gym from summer league. And I can imagine that being, you know, a game seven of the NBA finals. And it's just like two teams battling in a practice gym with no fans. And you're hearing just like, you know, some players talking, screeching of sneakers, like it's going to be weird. But again, I'm here for it.
3: Do you guys think that they maybe pump some crowd noise in so it's maybe not as weird? I think so. I know they've discussed that with the NFL if there's no fans that probably just pump, a pump in crowd
2: noise. Uh, some soccer stadiums are doing that in the Bundesliga. And I've become a big Bundesliga fan over the past couple weeks. So I'm a fan of the pumped in crowd noise. Who's your team? I'm still trying to – You decide i like mgb and i don't know i'm still figuring it out
0: you want to say dortmund
2: they're right up there i feel like you can't say bayern because they're one of the best teams in the world Mm -hmm. so that's just i almost
3: almost my uh high school uh also adams high school um high school yeah, Waukee, Iowa. We Our German classes there would take a, a trip to Dortmund and uh, you would get to go see uh, Bear Munchen play. Did you go on that trip? No, I didn't. It was offered to me and I decided I don't want to do that.
1: Yeah, way to turn down the opportunity versus, like, you know, vice versa. It's, it's good, smart. Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: I like turning things down.
1: It, it makes me feel powerful. <laughs> Our trip, turning down your high school field trip. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I do want Bayern to win right now, though, for reasons that
1: are existing. So let me ask you guys this: Do you think when you know it comes time for the NBA playoffs, once everything's resumed, do you think they should go, you know, seeded out by conference or just a one through sixteen seed? Because exactly. we kind of touched on that earlier where we were discussing, like, discussing what to talk about for this episode. And I think Kendrick Perkins was on the ESPN saying how he thinks now would be a great time to do the 1-16 through seeding. I'm 100% in favor for that. I think that's how it should be. But what are your guys' opinions?
3: Well, I've heard a lot of different ideas, and I have no idea what people are actually leaning towards. Uh, At one point, I heard uh, doing a a round-robin with every single team involved. So that would be interesting. I think if you're going to bring back the NBA playoffs, why do it any differently than you've done before? Like if you're going to have – like if you're going to have seven-game series and stuff like that, and that's the plan, seed it out by conference one through eight on each side and and just go. Because, I mean, like, I don't know. I get experimenting with this season because it's already gone to shit. Um, uh, Kind of see and feel things out on how they work, but uh, I don't know. Like If you don't want asterisks involved with this season, then I think just do the playoffs how you always have.
1: I think there's already going to be an asterisk involved
3: with this season, regardless
1: of how they come up with the playoff structure just because you have this break in the schedule. Um, I don't know. I, I think if you're, if it's going to be weird in the first place, like if you're going to j- dive into the deep end, you might as well touch the bottom.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, you know, if, and we don't know what conversations were existing already, but if there was talk of um doing the one through 16, regardless of conference, now's the time to try it. But, I think I also agree with Hank, you know, you don't try something new just to try it. Um, But I mean, if it's something that they were seriously considering in the first place, I think now's the time.
3: I mean, the season's already longer than the lockout shortened seasons um, that they've played before. So, I mean, they've played about three fourths of the schedule. So I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me. Um, I think, just bring back the playoffs in in your normal
2: capacity. Yeah, I think you need a legitimate reason other than we we just want to try it. Mm-hmm. Because it's worked in the past. This is like you said Hank, this season's already been pretty long. They're they're pretty far into it, so I don't think you necessarily need to change it just because you want to see how it, it works. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Like, I could, I could have
3: understood doing a round-robin before because you're worried about, you know, spreading the virus in contact. But if you're talking about having a full-length playoff seeded 1-16 through 16, regardless of conference, just do the regular playoffs. I think, like, I guess this isn't necessarily having to do with the playoffs. But,
1: again, with how there's changes to the season, like, there's going to be permanent changes. Like, I don't think the NBA is going to start at its normal date anymore. Like, it's mm-hmm. definitely going to do this thing where it's going to push back. Yeah. And I guess I've heard some stuff and read, like, that people have been saying. Like, if somebody on, I think, it might have been Mark Cuban said something about how the NBA for a while had been thinking about going to, like, a Christmas Day start or somewhere, like, a December start for basketball, which I don't know about that. But the whole thing is, like, the NBA in the fall, you know, in October, I know we watch Like, the NBA when it comes on. But a typical sports fan is going to be watching NFL football. And then you've got, like, you've got the MLB, college football. Like, that's all competing for airtime with the NBA. The NBA's viewers, like, pick up as a – like, pretty much after, I think, Cupid was saying, like,
3: the All-Star break, something like that. February, right after the the NFL season ends, right after the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah. So, I can actually understand the league wanting to move – like, shifting to, like, a, a December start, um, but then, it's I mean, like, how far do you want the se- season to go? Um, are you going to reduce the the games from 82? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, but I do, I, do, I don't think we're going to see a same, the same, like, October start.
3: Personally, it makes sense to me just because, I mean, what do you do, like, September to June right now, right? Like, mm-hmm. very, like, tail end of September is when it usually starts, and then, so it's like an eight-month season, give or take, for, for teams that go to the NBA finals. So you start in the end of December. You're ending in August, you know. To me, that makes sense because then your main competitor is no longer the NFL. It's Major League Baseball. And I don't know. I think, I think the NBA could very much own and, and, and dominate the summer I mean, it would be horrible for baseball, but um, I think I think in the NBA would very much um, benefit from from moving up the season to a to a December start.
0: Yeah, I don't want to wait until December, but it makes sense. You know, October is probably the most sports congested month of the entire year when the NBA is starting to pick up.
3: Personally, for me, I think it makes a lot of sense too because. Then there's sports on pretty much year round because, I mean, you have the NBA season ending in August and then right then the NFL season is going to start in September. So, I mean, you're not really like – I mean, I watch MLB. I watch Major League Baseball too, but the amount of games I watch beginning to end all nine innings in baseball pales in comparison to the amount of I mean, I watch every single Patriots game, and I watch every – well, not every. I mean, I watch the NBA when it's on. It doesn't really matter what teams are playing. I can just – like, that's something that's very unique to the NBA, too. Like, I can just turn on any NBA game and not have, like, a a, a rooting affiliation with any of them. Like, I can just watch it for pure entertainment. And I can kind of do that with the NFL, too. Um, But I say I do it more so with the NBA. But, you know, in addition to
1: the NBA potentially coming back, we did have some golf this past weekend. Did you guys watch
2: the match? Oh, I watched the match.
0: Watched
2: the match. athlete of all time competing. The Brady? best quarterback golfer. Tom Brady? World other than Tony Romo. <laughs> Peyton Manning. You said the
3: best quarterback ever other than Tony Romo? Best golfing quarterback. Tony Romo might go pro as a golfer, right? It's pretty I think good. I the thing I loved
1: about it was how they had like the mics on the whole time, and you got to hear these guys like talking to each other and their comments and stuff. I thought it was a pretty, a pretty cool like, inside look, and it was also for charity too, so that was a plus.
3: I was talking, I think, with Pete about it before the match even occurred, and and he asked me what I was thinking about it, and I told him that I think people who watch the match are going to come out with a much different view of Tom Brady because Tom Brady's been behind Bill Belichick for very much most of his career. Um, And I think people are going to be surprised to find out that he actually has a bit of a personality. You see a little bit of it with his social media and stuff like that. Um, But I don't know the way that he was trash talking and just having like a good time out on the course. Like it was just, uh, was very like humanizing for, I think a lot of people. I think um, there's a lot of people that might not have realized Tom Brady had that side to him. I I knew he had it, but um, I don't know. I've always
2: been very entertained by Tom Brady. It was fun, though, just having them mic'd up through it all. Mm -hmm. Having Justin Thomas as the sideline reporter, he was incredible. And then Charles Barkley in the booth, too, like talking to them during the match. It was great.
0: Mm -hmm. Right before Brady hit the shot right, the shot that everybody saw, shot heard around the world. Uh, A hole in from
3: 150 yards out.
0: Chuck was talking to him right before that, and that was just the ultimate, like, okay, you know, you go ahead and talk, I'll sink this from 150 out real quick, and then I'll see how much you're talking.
3: My my favorite part is after he does it is just him talking to Chuck, like, (laughs) come out,
2: Chuck, come out here. (laughs)
3: My favorite part of the trash talking is clearly Tom Brady not being over the Eagles Super Bowl, which I I can appreciate as a Patriots fan because I'm not over that one either. That was, um, I hated that Super Bowl so much. Philly Uh, special. Which is a, a play that the new England ran against Philly once in the regular season, like, maybe a couple of seasons before, and then earlier in that Super Bowl, but Brady dropped the pass. <laughs> yep. So very much not the Philly special. It's the Belichick special, and then, and then Philly just ran against us. Good for yes. them. Two-point conversion when they didn't need it at the time. <laughs> <laughs> a sense of bitterness. Like Tom Brady said when Peyton was talking about, do you bring Nick Foles? Maybe. And then Tom goes, that's a cheap shot. Any mention of that Eagles Super Bowl, that's
2: it. That's a cheap shot for me. I don't think people talk enough about how Peyton dropped a shot on a par three a foot away from the hole.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I don't know. It was very entertaining uh, from what I caught.
1: It was nice. It was nice to have – obviously, like, it, it meant something. It was for charity, but it, it felt like a live sporting event. And mm-hmm. to have, like, these huge names in sports competing was refreshing.
0: Mm-hmm. That's – See, and that's where I think it has so much value. Not only because, I mean, it was $20 million, right? To Mm -hmm. COVID relief. But one, it was live sports. It was live sports with familiar faces. People that we know. People that we've seen a million times. And then they were all mic'd up. So there's like their entertainment value. It's probably the most in-depth sports coverage that we've had since you know, like the NBA regular season ended. Because, right, we have German soccer, we have Korean baseball, we have all that, but it's not guys that we've seen for the last two decades, you know.
3: And Phil Mickelson basically teaching Tom Brady how to golf on the go, too. That was fantastic.
1: Like, you never really truly realize how much analysis. Like, I I mean, I don't watch golf regularly, but Mm -hmm. just the way Mickelson was breaking it down was incredible.
3: I think more people would watch golf if that's just how they did it. Like, just take, o- take away the whispering announcers. Just put mics on all the players and have them explain what they're about to do and then let them do it and just let people be like, that's incredible. That's like Babe Ruth calling his shot, you know, kind of thing. I think we just solved the problem.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: I, think, um, I think in a way, and hear me out on this, they should try to do the same thing when the NBA does come back. Have some mics down there. Yeah. Oh. Kind of hear the the trash talk from the players, you know, get analysis from players. I think players, the something reason like that. that
3: you can't do that is because some of the trash talk is uh, on on the court of the NBA is not uh, something that you can have on live TV. Well, see, here's here's the
0: thing too. You do it like they did the last dance, right? You have a TV 14 version and then you have a TV MA version. Okay. And you can tune in to either game.
3: mm mm-hmm.
0: I don't know. I I, th- I think it'd be a lot of fun.
3: I would love it. I thought, I thought you meant when you said do the same thing when the NBA comes back. I thought you meant like have have people from have Tom Brady and Peyton Manning play basketball with professional NBA players. <laughs> no, but
0: you know that's actually when we were thinking about the match. Um, another thing that you know we were trying to think about was uh, athletes that we'd like to see competing outside of their sport and. I know that, I mean, we can't do it right now because COVID, but I would really like to see in some regard um, NFL players playing pickup basketball because you know there are so many that can, mm-hmm. but they're not allowed to. Mm-hmm. And I would absolutely tune into that.
3: Well, I would, I'll tell you what I would tune into. I would just tune into like if ESPN did a series of Tom Brady and Peyton Manning just playing each other in different sports, <laughs> Tom Brady and Peyton Manning ping pong seven game series or something like that, you know, Tom Brady and Peyton Manning play pool. Like, I just think that those guys like are just so entertaining with each other and the amount of trash talk that they send each other's way, like is just very entertaining and they're both super, super competitive. So I think any content, like, that they can make is something that I would very much watch. I would love that.
1: Who else would you guys want to see compete outside their sports?
3: I see a lot of people tweet about uh, LeBron James would be a great tight end in the NFL, which is something interesting to think about.
1: I think he would be just fine in the NFL. Like, he's mm-hmm. so huge, he's physical, and I don't know. I – I, I think the whole, the de- you keep beating into a dead horse. about oh, LeBron soft, LeBron flops. I mean, LeBron. I really think LeBron can take hits, and I think he would be he could actually play professional football.
3: I think I'd like to see Michael Jordan. Like as long as we're like talking about like basketball players, I'd love to see Michael Jordan play baseball.
0: <laughs> That'd be a fun experiment. Maybe like mm-hmm. one or two years or so. Yeah, when he's off off the NBA with a gambling hiatus.
2: Hmm. What do you think Michael Jordan could hit in double i I'm saying he goes above 200. I think he can hit above the Mendoza line. Uh, but actually, I
3: just had another thought. Um, the match three, you know, you talk about how players, NBA players can't compete across eras, but you could have Michael Jordan and LeBron James play golf against each other with Tiger Woods and Phil Mokoson. Match three, that would be Next
2: spicy. Year. I would like to see Steph Curry up there too because he's mm-hmm. actually good at
3: golf. Mm-hmm. Same with uh, Chris Paul too. Chris Paul bowls bowls well too. I think he's he's bowled a couple three yeah. hundreds. Mm-hmm. That's one.
1: But when you talk about like NFL players going to the NBA, like Kiefer, I think if you've got Pat Mahomes, he's got some skills on the court. I also know that like Odell Beckham Jr. is insanely athletic and he's a pretty good basketball player. Miles Garrett. Can also like throw down windmill dunks. Like I don't know how good of a jump shot he's got, but
3: I tell you what, I get the sense that Miles Garrett can really throw down um, some nasty dunks, especially when he's throwing helmets at uh, other players' faces. <laughs> I'll tell you what, replace that helmet with a basketball and replace Mason Rudolph's head with a basketball hoop. That's a that's probably a top ten all time NBA highlight. It's a slam dunk.
2: <laughs> and then there's like guys like uh, Jimmy Graham, Mo Wally Cox, Eric Swope, Rico Gathers who played college basketball.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Moving on to a different topic here. I know last episode we talked about The Last Dance and how we all loved it. Um, it was like great insight. But we were also kind of wondering, so we posed this question for each of us to talk about, what documentary, sports or non-sports related, would you like to see? made next.
0: I uh I thought about this question and the first one that I would want to see would be the early 2000 Sacramento Kings. Um but most documentaries should have a happy ending and that documentary would have to include uh game 6 of the 2002 Western Conference Finals. So that's actually not going to be my answer. Oof. Um my number one vote for a documentary I'd want to see and it could be overkill because the bad boys exist, but I want to see one on the 2004 Pistons, that team that Which, nobody really anticipated to win the finals that year. Mm-hmm. Grit and grind. That I mean, that's a fun, a fun team that fought it out and actually got it done.
3: And you could expand it out even a little bit more too, where it's not just the 04 Pistons. You can include the next season too, because I think the next season is the Malice at the Palace. Any any documentary that's going to include the malice at the palace, like I would a hundred percent tune in to watch that. So I think, yeah, an '04 Pistons documentary would be f- fantastic. Give me Ben Wallace content. Mm-hmm. Give me Rasheed Wallace content. Uh, you know what? If how about this? How about just a, a documentary on Rasheed Wallace? Yeah, that'd be good. Because then you get his his Blazers post game press conference where he's um, I can't remember specifically which soundbite like that is. Ball, don't lie, or was that... It's not ball, don't lie, I don't think. Um, hold on, let me look this up. We can cut this.
1: Listen, all I want is Rashid Wallace in a Celtics uniform because those were the days. That team was tough. Didn't what year was anything. that? Um, I'm looking that up right now. It was at the tail end of his career. But like he was productive with the Celtics, and they had a pretty good team that year. He played with Boston in... Two thousand nine, two thousand ten. So and like
3: he spent a season with the King or the Knicks. The next yep. season,
1: yeah, he retired. He was like retired for two years, and then came out of retirement. But um, both
3: teams played hard. It's that press conference where all he answers is, is both teams played hard.
1: Also, do uh, I think people forget this? Rasheed Wallace played a game for the Hawks. One game in two thousand three and two thousand four. Um, Kiefer, my suggestion. For a documentary might be up your alley kind of goes a little bit with those early 2000s kings i want a jason williams documentary
0: just a so just a, like an hour and a half two hour highlight reel of Jason williams passes
1: a dime montage i would love it but i'd like to like get to know him because i i remember watching something or reading about how as a kid he'd go to the gym to like shoot hoops but he would his warm-up, his practice would be him throwing the ball off the wall. Like, he wouldn't practice shooting. It was just passing, which I think is pretty cool.
0: I personally
3: prefer Mike Bibby. <laughs> Jack Mike Bibby.
0: I'll take both of them if we're being honest.
3: Um, I would take – I'd take a documentary. I'm thinking about eight seed teams that uh, won a couple of games, you know. I'm thinking about the We Believe Warriors and uh, the 99-2000 Knicks that went to the NBA Finals and lost to the Spurs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that would be a, a pretty good documentary to watch. Then you have to deal with James Dolan, so actually maybe not.
2: <laughs> I have two. Let's hear them. One is Adam Morrison, Ooh. Story Behind the Stash. Adam Morrison, apparently, he went from a college star at Gonzaga to riding a bench with the Lakers, watching games in street clothes. And I read a story or something, someone said something, where he might have, like, apocalypse bunkers now. Yep. I'm not sure if that's entirely true, but someone said it. He also had a pretty unique
1: relationship with Kobe. Um, I guess like him and Kobe were kind of close in his time when he was with the Lakers and stuff. Cause he opened up after Kobe's death and like shared some story of how like Kobe was always just like nice to him and encouraging and stuff, which is like kind of different from what some people say. But I think that's just a really interesting dynamic.
3: That, that sparked uh, an idea in my head. I know Adam Morrison's not really a draft bus, but I think, you know, some documentaries get content out of being sad and I feel like you could go and you could follow around like different draft busts and see where they're at in their life right now Anthony Bennett mm-hmm. Anthony Bennett um, you don't have to keep it to just the NBA you could go to the NFL too you could like Jamarcus Russell Ryan Leaf you know um, didn't
1: Ryan Leaf like just get arrested the other day
3: he was arrested for misdemeanor
1: domestic battery not,
2: not great <laughs> yikes could be better. And then, do you want me to go into my other one? Yeah, let's hear it. Michael Vick's r- return.
1: Ooh, that'd be good. Did you guys watch the Mike Vick 30 for 30? I did not watch it all the way. But Pete, elaborate.
2: Elaborate on Michael Vick?
1: Yeah, like his – you're talking about like his time with the Eagles?
2: Yeah, just like his his return because he was in a place where – in a position that he brought upon himself that no one else had been in before. And then he came back and did did everything he could to kind of make things right, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then he played pretty well.
3: A lot of people don't realize, but he had his best seasons with the Eagles. Like his seasons with the Eagles were actually much better than his seasons were.
1: He uh, came out a better passer. Yeah. By yeah. far. He was like the most athletic court. Like, you can make the argument for Lamar Jackson, but like, Vic, was, there was nobody like Mike Vick before that. And Michael
2: would change the game.
1: Yep, yep, 100%. Then he
2: says that it was just like Randall Cunningham and Dante Culpepper before him.
1: Yeah. And those, and those guys weren't even on the same yeah. level, though. I think with with Vic, it was like he, he lived off his legs when he was with Atlanta, and it worked for the most part, but he wasn't like a great passer. And then he goes to, you know, Philadelphia, and he's just chucking the ball downfield. Like, I remember that, I think it was that Monday night game against Washington where like Jack just threw a bomb. It literally was like 65, 70 yards almost in the air. Like, mm-hmm. he just corked that thing from his own end zone, and it was beautiful. And he had like six, six touchdowns that game in total. Like, I think it was like four passing or two rushing. That was almost unheard of.
2: And then the way he uses his legs, like, that's not – Anything Randall Cunningham or Steve Young did be for him, but he took it to a new level, like you said. And he grew. I
1: think the adjective electric gets overused, but I truly think if you were looking for a word to describe Mike Vick, like with the uh, Falcons, was electric because he was just, he was a cheat code pretty much.
2: Michael Vick in Madden 04 and NFL's is Street 2. Yes. So Good.
1: Now, we don't have Michael Vick on the show, but we've got the next best thing. We have an interview, an exclusive interview with Jordan Hansen. He's our friend out in Montana, big sports writer. He's also an AP Top 25 voter. Jordan, thank you for coming on.
4: Yeah, guys. Thanks for thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm glad to be your, your first official guest on the podcast. It makes me feel a lot warm and fuzzy inside, so... Glad for you to be
1: the first. The first so, time is very special.
4: Yeah, it, it really it really is. That's just, that's just how it is.
1: So for those who don't know, Pete and I worked with Jordan at the Daily Iowan in Iowa City. And then on one fateful day, Henry came on a podcast that I had with Jordan. And uh, so that's how we're kind of connected. Uh, Jordan's out in Montana. He writes for the Missoulian, big sports guy, does a little bit of everything over there. And uh, he's also an Iowa guy too.
4: We are taking over out here. You would not believe the number of Iowans that I have met since I was out here. I was, I was one time, I was like literally wearing like an Iowa beanie at like a football game, just like on the sidelines. And one of the refs, like literally in the middle of the game, like he's just like on the first down like line it was like hey do you go, are you from Iowa and then I'm like yeah and then like after the play stopped he's like yeah you know my uh my, my, my brother lives in uh, Dubuque and I, I'm, I'm from the quad cities and I was just like Jesus this <laughs> is a small world or actually even last night I was I was at this bonfire with one of my friends and uh, the owner of the house that uh, he's running from because he's just running from this couple um, came out and he's like oh yeah yeah I was born in Cedar Rapids and I was
1: just like this is this is this is insane but do you like it now that more? You're meeting more Iowa people out there, or do you not enjoy it because it's kind of your? Separate... I
4: actively, I actively only associate with Montanans anymore, so <laughs> I, 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 I can't tell you um, that. So,
1: listen. Thank you for associating with us, just for for one one night for the podcast. But uh, for our listeners, um, what? Give us an elevator pitch about yourself and what you do, and kind of your backstory.
4: Um, my backstory is that I decided a long time ago that I wanted to go into some sort of journalism and then I went to the University of Iowa and went to the Daily Iowa and, and learned how to write there and then just, uh, I don't know, about a month after um, I graduated in 2017, I went out to Butte um, to work for the Montana Standard and I've kind of lived here ever since and, you know, just covering all sorts of sports, community journalism, stuff like that. Like you, you, like you, like you'd be, you would be, like you would be really surprised like what goes into like, just like local journalism. Because like, as much as, as much as you're doing like, like sports and stuff. And like, I cover the, I cover the Grizz, like men's basketball team, uh, the university of Montana, um, uh, men's basketball team. And you know, it, like, like, like that's like, that, that's like a quarter of my job. Like others, like it's been interesting and it's been, uh, very eye-opening to, to to go somewhere where you didn't know anybody or didn't have any idea really about it before you got there and just kind of find a place to, to really call home. And I, and, I, and I think that's a story for, for a lot of people from yeah. Midwest or
1: Iowa too. I remember when you had like just graduated and you were like finishing up, you had an internship with the, the Gazette in Cedar Rapids. And I remember, I think it was like my 21st birthday. And <laughs> We were talking and I was like, so what did, like, what are you looking at in terms of jobs? And you were like, well, like, you know, maybe with the Gazette, you told me you applied for like something like Kentucky and you're like, oh yeah, but like, there's also a job in like Montana. And like, I might apply for it for the hell of it. Just be like, oh, it's out in Montana do it. And then a few weeks later, whatever you text me, you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to Montana. And we've never heard from you since until now. So uh, thanks a lot.
4: Yeah. No, I just, I I just dropped out the grid off the map. Just gonna. (laughs) move out to the can't wait can't 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 wait to buy five five acres out in the middle of garfield county and no one ever hears me again so
3: garfield county
1: it's
4: way out in eastern montana
3: (laughs) i'm surprised you remember anything from that that said night adam (laughs) (laughs) we'll leave it at that um
2: (laughs) before we get too deep into this can i just say something real quick
3: yeah
1: please no
2: gordon I'm still mad. I never got an invite to hop on the heat check pod, so just know I'm carrying that with me to to Thursday.
4: All five episodes that we recorded in the University of Iowa like library. Five
2: <laughs> episodes, zero appearances. Yeah. You hate to see it.
4: It was it was just a it was just a mini series.
2: Fair. I had an appearance, arguably <laughs> best episode of
1: the entire pod. Yeah, and then Henry upset the entire. Mormon community with one, one segment. <laughs> I don't say anything without two sources from now on. <laughs> also for our listeners, this is Kiefer's first time meeting Jordan.
0: This is, yeah, this is a real interview. First time I know nothing blank slate. I'm ready though.
1: This is Rob. This is uncut. You only get this content here on the four down territory podcast in regarding your job, Jordan being an AP top 25 voter. So that's one that's a cool flex. I hope you use that. But also, did that come like hand in hand when you started covering the Grizz? Or how exactly did you get into that?
4: It's, it's honestly not as cool as it sounds. Um, it, so basically, what, like, like what happened is the uh, AP voter uh, had been here for a long time in Great Falls. Um he uh, moved back to Minnesota actually because he, he's, he's from Minnesota originally. So the AP ballot was up, and um, one of the the it, I think I think Montana only has like one or two like AP like contacts here. And and, and Amy Hansen, she um, is the state capital reporter for the AP for Montana. Um, basically contacted us at The uh, Enterprise. and so was like, hey, like we need an AP voter, and it was just like you know kind of just whoever um, covered the the Grismans basketball team. And it was actually – it was good now that at least somebody is, like, that covers basketball because the guy in Great Falls, Scott Manch, he, di- he didn't even cover D1 basketball. He just, like, was just the sports editor of the –
3: That's state. crazy.
4: Yeah. So, so so he was just – he just was, like, whatever. So, it, it was fun. It, it, it's it's, it's kind of stressful because, you know, you really want to make sure you do a right job – do a good job. And, you know, you kind of have to come up with your own idea, like, a way to formulate out your ballot. And, like, you know, for me, for example, I use. Uh, Ken Palm, Sagarin, um, the the AP ballot that we my AP ballot will be before the uh, the actual AP vote votes that we before the, the actual poll, um, and then just a couple other things like net, kind of net. I I, I use that as a, a vague reference, and then just you know just kind of went through teams, tried to make sure that you know I I, I was just. You know, make, making sure and just trying to watch as much basketball too, because you know it's it's hard, um, especially like when you're in season. You know, covering your own your own basketball team It's and trying to like you know like, hey, I need to like rewatch this game or you know something along those lines too, and just trying to make sure that you at least have some national basketball you know kind of around, so you kind of know. Um, especially, and I, and I think that's most important. You know, at the end of the year when you're just when you're making your first, second, third team and you're stuff. Um, you, you, you really need to you know, make sure that you've been at least, at least aware of these, of these guys and stuff like that. So, uh, but yeah, no, it, it, it's fun, you know, and it, it's just interesting. And um, it kind of, it kind of stinks though, because we, you know, this the, the, like this past year, one of the AP um, editors that just like went through it and edited all the, the AP ballots, you know, made sure that you know people weren't making any big mistakes, like he got laid off and stuff like that. So it's just like I, I feel like I feel like the AP pool is like still really cool, but, you know, it, it, it's maybe it's maybe lost almost a little bit of his luster in um, some aspects too, but um, it, 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 it is really fun, and I think it's a resp- it's a responsibility I take seriously, you know. And especially like this year, you know, the the last poll that I submitted is going to end up being like the final poll from this year. We we, we don't have a NCAA tournament, so that's just going to, you know, be part of like the the national whoever claims the national championship this year, however they you know end up end up you know how history remembers it. So I don't know. It's it, it's, it's something it's something really interesting though.
3: Do you have a, a an opinion about how they should decide who's going to be the national champion this year, Jordy?
4: I don't know. I, I I honestly think that you almost just have to leave it blank and just have a have a weird, you know, end in in history. Um, you know, personally, I think I think it should be Kansas. I mean, I think that was the best team throughout the year. I think Gonzaga, you know, was 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 a great team too. But I think you know Kansas just you know was was the best team but I I just without without any kind of tournament without even having these conference tournaments either because you know you don't even have the 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 conference winners for the 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 vast majority of of these you know tournaments so you know it's just one thing that I think we just kind of have to just be like well I don't know that's good that's a good question that's a really good question though
1: what are your thoughts on Obi Toppin he's great he's better than Luca Garza oh okay all right, elaborate on that. What do you mean? I just like. i No, I'm not, no, like, I'm not like, saying like like like, you're Obi, wrong. Like,
4: Obi, like like Obi's gonna be like a an NBA at least above yeah. average above average player. I think, you know, and, and and you know his his highlights were were more impressive. Luka was just like bigger than everybody else and better at scoring than everybody else. And he's like Cody Zeller. I, I guess Cody Zeller's not like a good, you know, kind a, a, like he's,
3: a little bit. <laughs> oh <laughs>
1: my god. <laughs> So when you when you're talking about top and like and same for your AP poll too, um, how do you factor in like uh, level of competition? Like because that's tough. not that's a power school.
4: Yeah, that's tough. I just I, I and that's and that's why th- that's why I think you when 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 you go back to that, so you just kind of have to look at the raw numbers. I mean, you know, like what they put up, you know, in in those. You know arenas, basically. I, I mean, I, I I don't know. It, it, it's tough. I it, I, th- I think it's more of a field thing, anyway.
1: Yeah. So. No, definitely. I was just curious to get your opinion because I know there's like I saw some stat. It was like right when all the national awards were coming out, where they put Garza's stats against top twenty five teams compared to Toppins, and obviously Garza played more top twenty five teams because I was in the Big Ten, and it's I think the best conference in the country. And Garza's numbers were, you know better but Toppin is the more athletic player and he is the one that's going to be drafted in a lot like in the first round this year
4: and it's not fair that again that we didn't get the tournament either because it yeah. could have a thing where Luca absolutely balls out in the NCAA tournament Dayton's out in one game and then our opinion of you know who is better is easier so I, it's just I don't know it's it's such it's such a difficult thing to measure as especially like when you when you, when you go into you know who is you know the, the the best player? Yeah,
1: when you're talking about you know that hypothetical of like the tournament that we never had, what do you think Iowa's ceiling would have been this year?
4: Sweet sixteen, maybe even further. I, I think they're good, and I, I think if they I think if, I think that they come back next year. Luca's is a no no shit player of the year, and mm-hmm. in you know Iowa could very well be a Final fourteen. That's that's how good Iowa is going to be next year. And I, and I and I think and I think some of the the of the thing with with, with Ob two is just how many games they won. It is hard to win college basketball games, like and especially so I think Dayton would what twenty nine and three something like that at the end of the day. And that's that is impressive. And you know even even with these like you know small conference schedules, I mean those are those are tough games. And I mean this is, especially with their, with their traveling limitations and stuff like that, that. And I I think that's almost more impressive one of the most impressive things is just the, the sheer number of, of of wins that they had. So, and that's, and that's, and that's definitely another factor that, that, that I put in as well as, you know, wins versus losses. Cause at the end of the day, it wins a win. And I, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer um, in, in, in that, in that vein of
1: philosophy. Yeah. you Play the teams under schedule. Yeah.
4: I mean, and, 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 and like, if you're OB, like what else, like what else are you supposed to do? And, and, and again, I think if you go back to the, you know, the, the top 25 argument of, 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 you know, Lucas numbers versus Obie's numbers, versus top 25. And I think that's a valid argument. And I think that, you know, if you're, if you're an Iowa fan, that, that is the argument that, you know, I would, I would try to present at it because I, I think that's, I think it's a good one. So my, and I, like I said, I think it comes down to lens too. So.
3: Jordy, when you're doing your, your, your top 25 poll, I assume the farther you get down the list, the more you get towards the bottom, the harder it is to, to place teams. How difficult it is is it to, to decide who's number 25 on that list and, and what goes into deciding who who's 25?
4: that's a great question and like honestly I think that the hardest the hardest like slot is like 12 to like 23 like 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 like, because you you have so many good teams that you can slot in there but like it's a big difference if you put you know a team at like 12 versus like 17 or 18 or something like that and then like trying to like bring in teams from the outside it's like okay you know does this team deserve to hop into you know the 20th spot because you know they've won three you know really you know tough games this week okay but or a thing where like you know i'm gonna put this team in at like 25 see how they do and then you know kind of see how some of the teams around them do as well and 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 trying to like make sure that you're not missing any teams that you know had good weeks and not missing any teams that you know are on on streaks or and 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 not missing any teams that you know have lost like you know two games in a week or a game in a week or something like that and and just just making sure that you have these teams that like really should be ranked and really should be slotted um in, in in those positions and you know and especially when you're deciding between a twelve and a thirteen, that's when like you know okay you know is is this is this conference you know schedule a little bit more difficult you know compared to non cons you know try to see if they have any like opponents, you know things like that, like a margin of victory uh margin of defeat, I think it's a good it's a good stat as well. Um, and then, you know, record versus, you know, top, top 25 teams, top 50 Ken Palm teams like that. So, and, 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 that was one thing that helped me a lot too, um, is that I think Ken Palm is such a good resource as far as like ranking teams, one to, you know, 300 and whatever it is, are 400 or whatever it is. I, I, for, I honestly forget if I'm how to college basketball teams star, but um, I, and I, I just, I think that's such a great resource to, to, to kind of give you. But you can't. But that, that's, that's why also, like when I was kind of saying earlier, you know, I'm looking at the segment rankings. I'm looking at other stuff too. I go down to, you know, 30, 35 of those because I, I write out every week. Um, I write out all of the, um, the rankings at that point and then, and then just list them out and then, and then just kind of, just kind of put my teams up and down, you know, uh, with those, uh, with those other uh, the ones in mind right next to it too. So it it really is a whole process and I, and I try to take it as seriously as, as possible. And having
1: more than one reason for a team being there too. I think it's important as well. Do you ever get grief? Oh, go for it, Pete.
2: That's what I was going to say. Have you ever received hate mail or anything of that nature?
4: Not really. Um, uh, you can, on. on I, I've seen, I've actually, I've had, I've had a couple people email me about stuff, but, um, just like asking me why, you know, I, I, I did certain things. I don't really respond to those, but my, but my email is published on that college poll tracker website. So, um, so people just emailed me from there, but nothing, yeah. nothing too crazy. I, I'm not, and I'm not really high profile enough in, in any aspect to, to really, I, I think it, um, any, in, any of that stuff as well. and. So I, I get I get more I get more hate for random stories that I've I've written about different different topics here I, I've I've had I've had parents get mad at me for stuff before but got a couple of mean phone calls one guy just really wanted this coach fired um, and he thought that, and I wrote this story um, about them and um, he was like Yo, this this coach this coach is actually terrible and stuff like that but nothing nothing too specific I haven't, I haven't gotten
1: any death threats which is good. Do you want death threats? I feel like it's a rite of passage. Because, like, I if you know, if you want it. some hate mail, you, we can we can deliver. No, please
4: don't. I, I don't <laughs> want the actual hate mail. It's it like it sucks because like you like like you open up your subject line, it's just like "f you, you mother effer," like you're you're the worst, like. And like I, I've had like some people just email me like three or four times and stuff like that, and just I just didn't respond, so they just keep sending me stuff, and eventually I just like blocked their email. So that's my like,
1: question: is if you if you would ever respond to the the emails you get of people complaining?
4: Um, it depends. If it's like well thought out criticism of something that I've done, of course, and especially if I got something wrong, it needs to be fixed. You know, um, I, I think I think that's I think that's super important. But if if someone's just like. <laughs> screaming at me because they hate the media or whatever like it's i'm just i'm not going to
1: i'm not responding i've gotten i've got some dms too on occasion but nothing <laughs> nothing nothing too outlandish love it so on the uh, college poll tracker you've uh, you've got a thing for Stephen f austin east tennessee state what's uh, what's up with that it's by virtue of covering a mid-major team
4: um, I, I really think that the mid-major teams don't get nearly as much um, love or respect in the polls um, as um, high, high-power, high-caliber teams, um, and I don't think that's necessarily fair. I think there's a lot of good basketball going on in a lot of different places in America, um, and I think that's why, like, if you seated the in-state tournament a little bit differently and added some of these you know teams that you know you didn't have 10 big 10 teams in the in the in state tournament even if the big 10 really is that good you know you you you, you pull another team or two out of different conferences like that but um, that's not entirely realistic with you know how uh, college basketball is set up right now so but i i i do i do, I do think that recognizing some of these teams um and, and the A and the people is, is important for a lot of them and and i and and that's the other thing too is that i've had like teams like send me like information stuff like why i should vote like sdsu like their ad like, like 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 honestly shout out their SID like like he he it was a well thought out it was a well thought out email that they did every week but they just highlighted a whole bunch of stuff in this super long email about why we should vote sdsu you know rank them rank them up and you know, it. I, I won't lie. Like you know, having having all those stats from that team, you know, just 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 like that. You know, it was you know, it's like you know, some 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 of the stuff they came up with is is the reason some of the reason why I had SGSU a little bit higher than everybody else, and but. That was that, but that's the other thing too. Is like, how much do you? And this is another thing you have to think about as well. How much do you penalize a team for a loss? You know, do, how how badly do I penalize SDSU for a midseason, you know, loss on the road at you know one of their conference opponents? When you know when, when you when you go into a, a conference opponent gym, you're you're, you're you know, win percentage immediately, you know, immediately drops. So, you know, you know, how, how much do you, how much do you punish a team for, you know, if they've, they've done a six game win streak and they lose, you know, two games in a row, but then they win three more. Like, so it, 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 you gotta, you gotta, you gotta think about some of those aspects as well.
0: Who, in your opinion, uh, as an AP voter is the most consistently overrated team in college basketball?
1: That's a good one. Ooh, that's oh, that's
0: right.
1: Good question, Kiefer. That, 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 is, actually, that is actually beautiful. Um,
4: my heart almost wants me to say Memphis.
2: Why don't you bring that up? According to collegepolltracker.com, you are biased <laughs> against Memphis and Michigan. You rank them six spots below their average ranking over 12 weeks. Yeah, what gives Jordan? a to-, to comment.
4: Uh, I'm going to defer to my agent. I think there was one week where I did like straight up like miss Memphis like I I like like they were they were like the AP and the APL is 12th and I think it was before I ranked them or and I had them as like 20th or something like that so I I, I don't know I, I just and I think with all of Memphis's issues as like a, a program overall like I mean how many wins they get detracted you know having you know that I, I forget what his name is Wiseman
3: um, James Wiseman Thank you yeah
4: James Wiseman lose um or leave leave halfway through the season, so I don't know. I I just I, I think I think they
1: they're over a little bit overrated overall. UNC is kind of overrated
0: sometimes too.
1: <laughs> not this season. I'm not saying North Carolina was bad this year. Yeah, not 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 this year. I'm just saying like overall.
0: I think I think UNC in college basketball is sometimes the equivalent of like USC, which college football. Ooh, I like that take. It's a good they'll, they'll weasel their way into the top 25 based on recruiting or whatever, but they got to hold their own. That's a good take. Yeah,
1: like UNC had, like, Cole Anthony this year, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, like national title hopes. And they fizzled out, like, at 500 or below or barely. Like, what they didn't have a good team. Washington, too. Washington, is, I feel like, is always overrated as well, and especially this
4: year because, like, Washington was, like, a preseason, like, top, like, 15 team or something like that, and they completely fell apart down the stretch is bad. Still living they, off and, and, the and,
1: full
3: tie. all, yeah. all those Pac-12 teams consistently get overrated. I feel. Like. Oh yeah.
4: I mean USC or well, I mean USC sort of, but but you, I, I meant to say UCLA, um, obviously. And
1: mm-hmm. but, Yeah, definitely. Or Oregon.
4: I mean, like Oregon's yeah. good too, but like. But the thing with Oregon was a weird team this year. They were like really like spindly, and 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 that like worked in their like non-conference schedule, especially against teams like the Grizz that, you know, were mid-major teams, obviously. But you know, once they once they kind of got to the Pac-12, it just I don't know, season just didn't
0: seem as they were as tough as they they were at the beginning of the year. Since going to Montana, do you have a a favorite sports memory from Montana?
4: Oh that's a tough one. Um there's been some really cool moments. Uh I don't know if you guys have ever seen like 6000 people at a high school football game, but that's a, that's a pretty unbelievable experience like when um Butte uh Butte High one of the, the teams that I covered, um they they were really good this year. They made it all the way to the state championships in one of their early their, their homecoming games this year. And it just dis- the stadium and it's really cool because but- Naranji Stadium is like this like urban uh, it, like it's just an ur- it's just like in the middle of the town and, like next to the high school and it's just like this like brick and mortar kind of like coliseum sort of like looking thing it's re- it's really cool it and it's like just like right in the right right in the uptown um, area and it's been there since like nineteen like twenty or, like nineteen ten or something insane like that um and they've played their off and on since then but just just like how loud that got for for a high school game was pretty sweet um when Montana Tech and Montana Western played this year um at night under the lights um that was pretty cool because like uh Montana Tech Stadium is on the top of a hill basically and like Butte is like on the side of a mountain like literally um and then like and then there's like this kind of like this plane and then like at the top like there's just like is where where Montana Tech is, and, and their football field overlooks this like huge like backdrop of like mountains and stuff in the background. It's really pretty, um, and it, and it it is that and like the sun sets over there too. So that was pretty cool to to watch, and and that was even huge too because for an NAIA football game, I and mean, like there was five thousand people in the stadium, and it was loud and it was crazy. And Montana Tech and Montana Western don't like each other because um, they're just because Montana Western is um, just about fifty miles down the road from Montana Tech, so it's just kind of like this big rivalry that they have pretty cool um since moving to missoula like really like like covering d1 basketball is has been pretty fun because it's actually the first time um i've covered d1 basketball i covered nai basketball while i was in butte um but when i was at iowa i never actually got a chance to cover uh um d1 d1 basketball Uh, well i i I did cover one women's game um but i I i didn't cover any men's games and um so just just this year going to my first game and being like wow like you know, like this is something that I really, you know, wanted to do for for a long time. So, like, like that was that was like a cool person, like a cool moment, like personally and professionally. Um, That's pretty sweet. And, um, but though, I, I will say, um, okay, actually, actually, this is this is kind of cool. So, uh, there's uh, in in 2017, the first year that I got there, um, the Class C state championship was in Butte, and Class C basketball in Montana is like the biggest thing in town. Like, you got to remember that. Like, some of these Class C schools have like 60 kids like in their high school. So like it, it, it like these are from crazy crazy small communities. And, and and one of the teams that was really good is this Manhattan Christian team which is just like outside of Bozeman it's this, it's this, Manhattan is this like small town. Um and they have this really good coach named Jeff Welch and, and his son um Was you know, Caleb was was, is a phenomenal basketball player. He plays for Montana State now, but he's just he's just this great, just great basketball player. And then Arlie is uh, on the flyhead reservation. It's just like really, really cool, like town and like they they and and, and and in montana like uh native american basketball is like huge it, it's huge on the reservations it's it, it's huge in these communities and it's really cool um to to, to watch and, and and the support that they have and like the traditions that go along with it like they'll have like drums and like they'll um certain teams of like Browning uh Arlie and stuff will come out in their war bonnets which is really sweet and it's a really cool and like powerful experience and like but it like and like and, 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 and like and like there's like there's a lot of stuff that that, that, that goes on. There's, there's, there's lots of poverty and, and, and lots of stuff like that, and, and, and that's one thing that you know it is kind of an underlying factor. But um, this our league team um, was dealing with a bunch of suicides in the community. It, it had been uh, an epidemic on the Flathead Reservation, and in, in Montana has one of the highest suicide rates in the world. So before they, before before our this the season, I mean, like they were already going to be good in Manhattan Christian, and, and 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 they had like already played once and Manhattan Christian had beaten Arlee in the state championship and it had become this like rivalry between these two schools. So so you have two, these, these two schools that end up like playing in the state championship in 2017 and in Butte, um, the Civic Center holds about 5,000 people. It's the loudest sporting event that I've ever been to in my life um, with this Arlene team. And, and, the, and the cool thing about this Arlene team as well is that they had dedicated this postseason run to um, the, what they call the warrior movement, which was anti-suicide, um, like, uh, move it basically. And, and, and it's developed in this organization and, and a whole bunch of stuff. And these, and these early kids have been uh, recognized by the NBA and stuff with the NBA cares program as well. So, so, so you have these like two, like, just like really passionate communities that are, are, are really invested in their teams. And there's, and there's a lot like going on and underwriting, you know, the, the these two teams, and especially, like I said, um, it ended up becoming in Manhattan, Christian, Arlee ended up playing each other three times. And, and 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 this was and this was the second stanza basically and, and i won this time and it was it was, it was the first championship early had had um in, in, in a long time and just being on the court for that and, and the floor for that was was it was incredible it, like i said it was just it was a lot of sporting that i've ever been to um in my life and then you know i've been to Iowa wrestling before so i know i know how a lot of things can get so, so 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 that was so that was probably the other really cool memory. just being like like part of that like and I still think about sometimes that I get like goosebumps and stuff, and just like how much how much it meant to Arlene and that community, and, and, and how much the run meant to Manhattan Christian, the respect that these two teams had for each other, the respect that the coaches had for each other, um, even the fan bases had you know, a, lot, a lot you know quite a bit of respect for each other. And, uh, it, it was just it was just cool to it was cool to witness this, and cool to witness something you know very 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 different than anything that I had been around um, growing up. So I guess that was an, that was another kind of cool personal and, and professional. Um, a moment for me it was just kind of witnessing this um really really powerful win for for a community and for a team so um that would be that that like I, I, that like that's probably the big one um and then the next year is cool because um bozeman the the, the town there won the state championship in, in Butte, and i was covering that and they, and they won a, a last second um shot in overtime and it was one of the craziest basketball games i've covered and um yeah, basketball is really big out here in Montana, which is, which is the other cool part. Like, high school basketball means a lot to a lot of people, and um, college basketball, and, like, even these, like, small NIA like, Frontier Conference teams um, matters a lot, too. Sorry, I'm, like, rambled
0: for 10 minutes there, but... Uh, you're good. Is it, like, the entire state of Montana? Like, everybody in every court? Because Montana is a big state, yeah. or is it fairly centralized? Um, what do you mean, like, like, people-wise, or, like, just how people care about basketball?
4: Basketball in particular. Everybody cares about basketball, and and, and it's even stronger in these in these small towns um, and the outline. Because you got to remember, like, well, in in Southwest Montana, that's most of the population: Missoula, Butte, um, and then Bozeman, and then living and like there's and that's kind of the population base. And then Billings is is about. Three hundred miles or so from Butte, um, and that's it's kind of the the barrier of eastern Montana versus like western Montana, more or less. So so you, so that's where most of the population base is. But in all these small towns, these are old railroad towns. They're old. They're either oil towns in some in, in some forms, um, natural gas, and in, in, in other places, ranching communities as well. So so so, so, there, so these so these small towns and like basketball is like one of the sports they can still field teams on because that's the other thing too. Is there's like eight and six man football is huge out here in these in these small communities because they just don't have the kids for, for full 11 11 player football. So so football kind of loses a little bit of its luster and they really focus more on basketball, um, girls and girls and boys uh, and, and, and that's just and that's just like the all right like like we're going to get to state in basketball like we're going to have a fire truck parade through town. That is like how much that that, that these communities you know care about their their, their, their basketball and um, it it's just it, it, it's fun it's just fun to see it's just and, and like uh, basketball is, is definitely alive and well here and, and there's just so much history with it too like I've done a couple projects where I've like looked back at old newspapers and stuff and just like looking at just like how I'd be mean like, like like some of these like brothers and stuff have like nicknames if you go back and like you know they, they, these guys have their own nicknames and stuff like that it's just it's just another another a whole other world that that they wouldn't really expect. And fun fact, uh, I was, I was thinking about this when I was listening to you guys' podcast, but Dennis Rodman actually once played, um, in, in Montana, uh, in this Malta tournament, um, it's called the Western Invitational Tournament. Um, and yeah, Rodman was, Rodman was actually up here one time and there's actually like quite a few NBA players that, um, had, had gone through And it, it, it was like, oh, it was like, it was like from like the seventies till the like, Early two thousands of this tournament, the heyday was like the late seventies and eighties and stuff. When like you could actually be a basketball player in a small town and still end up in the NBA, you didn't have that.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: or a small school, I should say. Like
3: Rodman's hot streak gets hotter. He <laughs> <laughs> goes from being in the NBA finals to WWE one night to playing basketball in Montana to winning the NBA finals to going home with Carmen Electra. Do
1: you think he ever took Carmen <laughs> Electra to Montana? <laughs> I
4: doubt that was the one of the only time Dennis Rodman has been in Montana was in the nineteen. I think I don't remember which which WIT tournament it was, but I'll um, i i I'll that said to you guys because it's it's actually pretty pretty fascinating little piece of little piece of history that there used to be. A, right. a of, yeah. So
1: I was going to ask when you mentioned six man football, I am in no way shaming small towns or anything like that, but is that pleasing to watch? Twelve people it, on a field in total, just hitting each other. It's a different sport, which is fine.
4: Yeah, but but, but it, it's just it's a different sport. Like it's not football. It, it, it's 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 just it's something else. And personally, I I like watching six and eight man football. Like we had the uh, Bob Clever, Bob cleverly eight man all star game in Butte every year. Um, and, and it was fun because and and that's the other thing. Like all star teams out here are, like really big. Like 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 Wyoming and Montana like used to have this like 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 uh, or they for basketball they do like like they have this like all-star team that goes and plays a game in montana and wyoming each against other all-stars so like yeah anyway. but like like and so i i, I got to watch eight man football like in up, up close and personal pretty often and um and six man football as well a little bit and yeah it, it's just it's a different sport but it's really fun um the the stats totals are just unreal sometimes but i mean that's just yeah, it's 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 like playing mad it's it's like mad scoring basically and like there's like just weird rules and stuff too and what's uh what's the weirdest rule so the two point conversion switched if you kick a field goal it's worth two points and if you uh score if you score just a PT, like if you run it in it's worth
1: one point which i i think is i think is the strangest thing it's mm-hmm. it's a parallel universe <laughs> Pete had a, something he wanted to run by you, but I'll ask you this question first before we get into that. Give us your craziest Montana story.
4: Oh, thank God. I was hoping you were going to answer this question.
1: So I'm in Butte.
4: I'm working at The Standard, which is uptown Butte. So it's kind of just kind of around pretty much everything. A block away is a police station. And in between the police station and us, there's another business and two businesses, I think. But so... Call comes over the scanner, there's a guy with the gun in the police in the police station. And he runs out, apparently, and he goes to this building next door, like, like across. So it's like we're like like I'm in the newsroom, so I grab a camera and I run outside to to the street just to go down. And there's cops with rifles. I mean, like, it's like the whole nine yards, like cause because this guy like is just like in this building, just kind of like hanging out for a second. He didn't really take any hostages, but he was just in this building and they're they're trying to get him come out. So this dude like runs through, shoots out a window. And like jumps like into like the like like the street, like uh, like like from this building. And like, I'm out there with a the camera just like shooting this. And I have a cop with a gun just like points a gun at me and telling me to get the f- back. So, like, that was I, I, I that, that was probably that was probably my like most like this is the wild, wild west kind of thing. But
1: mm-hmm.
4: um, the first in the first week I came here to or the first week I came to Butte to, um, there's a call that there's a call that came over the scanner that, uh, um, someone had a pickaxe and was just walking through downtown
0: hitting cars with a pickaxe. That sounds like the most Montana thing <laughs> ever.
2: Red Dead Redemption. Yeah.
4: yeah, we've had we we've had horses lose downtown near Walmart. I mean like it, I'm not kidding. Like that, like that like that actually happened. One time one time we had a moose come through um town and that was like a whole like thing and there's been cougars that are, have been found near town too. So a
2: thousand ways to someone. die in the west. Didn't someone get decapitated in Billings once? Mm-hmm. I think talked about this in a Buffalo Wild Wings in Iowa City.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I definitely told you that. And then, and then the other one too is in Missoula. Someone uh killed these two people and then tried to dissolve their body in acid in a basement in Missoula. So,
3: so that Breaking Bad meets Red Dead Redemption out there.
4: In some aspects, honestly, I'm pretty sure there was a. A meth house underneath, or not a meth house, but a meth apartment. One of the one of the first places I lived when I was in Butte. So you really
1: never know what kind of folks you're going to come across, or if you come across a bunch of drunk Canadians in a bar too. That, if anybody has any other questions, I know Pete had a, a segment he wanted
2: to run with you. Well, I have a lot of questions, Jordan. So because you described yourself in a past Twitter bio, I think you've changed it since then. But you said you were a flatlander living in the mountains or something along those lines, right? Mm-hmm. So what I want to do is play a little game I like to call, what you know, a butte that. <laughs> <laughs> With you. All right. So I'm going to quiz you on how Montanan you are. All right. Okay. How many buttes are there?
4: Uh, two. Heartbeat and butte.
2: Didn't you tell us there was, like, Red Butte and Saddle Butte and Gold Butte? Oh, regular- I don't know.
4: I don't know. You, you're, the one, you're the one asking the question. Don't you have the answer?
2: Okay. <laughs> well, I, I, I guess we'll find out. Okay. What is the Montana State Bird?
4: Uh, Western Meadowlark.
2: Oh, my gosh. Look at you. Big Montana guy. What is the Montana State nickname? An easy one just to ease into the rest of the questions.
4: Ah, uh, the Treasure State.
2: Okay. Why is it called
3: the Treasure State?
2: Why is it called the Treasure State?
4: Um, uh, in part, in part because of the mining. Um, it's also called the Big Sky State too. Is the other is the other one that usually get, gets called. But um, the, like there's like there's still like three or four active mines here, gold mines. I think there's a, a and like the Continental Pit in Butte is copper mines. So it's just like a thing. There's like lots of gems and minerals that get mined here, and coal too, actually.
2: Is the racetrack Wario's goldmine from Mario Kart on the Wii? Is that based on a Montana goldmine?
4: It's a very obscure question, so I'm going to say yes.
2: Is Wario from Montana?
3: What? I don't think so. Do you know where Wario is right now? (laughs) Where in the world is Wario? Are you Wario? (laughs) Are you harboring Wario in your apartment right now?
4: I'm in the basement.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> what is the Montana state fish?
4: Ooh. Um,
2: I'll give you a hint. It has a really cool name.
4: Uh, it's probably one of the trouts. I don't know which one. It is. Um. Yeah, I I, I should know this, but I can't think of which of which which specific type of trout is it. I, I can't think of which specific type of trout it is.
2: Not very Montana, are we? <laughs> I
4: tried. I tried to go. I tried to go trout fishing. Like fly fishing is hard. Like fly fishing is really hard.
2: That sounds hard.
4: hard. Yeah, it's it's like it's difficult, yeah. and I I tried it, and I was not good at it.
2: I feel
3: like this is like a BuzzFeed quiz, and right now it's not very Montana. Not <laughs> very Montana now, are we? <laughs> Just a paragraph explaining how bad you were <laughs> in this quiz, and you're probably not from Montana at all. Have you ever been in that state at all?
2: The black spotted cutthroat trout.
3: Yeah,
1: cutties. was a cutthroat question. Do
2: they
3: have Do they
2: have good seafood out there
3: in Montana?
1: <laughs> not really.
2: Where does the name Montana come from? That's a good question.
4: I don't. I, don't, I honestly don't know. I, I feel. I feel like it's. A, I feel like it's a name after the tribe or something, but I'm not sure.
2: It comes that. from the, the Spanish word for...
4: Mount, uh, mountains. Damn it. I knew that. Apparently not, though.
2: Where does Montana rank in its largeness in the United States, and where does it rank in population?
4: It's the fourth largest state by area, and it's the
2: second...
4: No. It's either second or third smallest state as far as population. I think it's third. Because Wyoming has less, and I think Alaska has less.
3: What about it's per the
2: fourth capita? Fourth largest population, but it per... is fourth in area size.
0: Yeah, I need that. Where does Butte rank relative to Chicago in best sports cities in America? <laughs> um, Butte's number one, Chicago second. I mean, you, you you can't you can't top sports in the mining city.
2: I think we figured out that you are in fact a Butte this. <laughs> You're all a Butte, Montana.
4: <laughs> I do. I, I, I am. I'm, it's a great place. Everyone should, everyone should visit Butte at some point.
2: Thank you for playing my game. him some curveballs there.
1: The state fish question was good.
2: You were so close on it.
1: Yeah. Jordan, again, we appreciate you coming out of the podcast. Uh, you can find Jordan on Twitter, at Jordy Hanson. Give him a follow. You know, don't slide into his DMs to critique his top 25. Um, unless you have constructive criticism, then maybe he'll respond to you. But if you're interested in hearing that full interview with Jordan, um, we'll have the whole thing uploaded to all of our platforms as well. But in the meantime, we didn't want to say goodbye to Jordy just yet. Uh, It's time for one final segment. Back when Jordan and I had a podcast, um, we had a segment called the heat check, basically where we get exactly one minute to rant about something sports related or non-sports that's been bothering us this week. Today, We're bringing it back. Who wants to start?
3: I can jump in. I'll jump in. Uh, Far away. So, actually, just about two hours before we started recording this, uh, Jeff Passan, he covers Major League Baseball, tweeted the proposed salaries for uh, Major League Baseball players this season. And the price cuts are ridiculous. Players that are making $563,000 a year would make less than half of their salary at $262,000. And on the opposite end of that, players that are supposed to make $35 million are going to make $7.84 million. Basically, the ridiculousness, the reason this is so ridiculous is because owners are asking players to take a pay cut while they Break in the same revenue. These are billionaire owners, and they're on the low end. There's MLB players that like struggle to live, like especially in minor leagues. So I don't know. This really has me heated. That
1: was fantastic first heat check. Love it, Henry. Who wants to go next?
2: I can jump in if you want.
1: Fire away, Peter.
2: Okay my take it my my heat check is not sports related, but it triggers me almost more than anything sports related so the past few months i've seen tweets where people use an asterisk where they should not use them it's not a bad word like people use them in in, in bad words that's fine, but do not freaking use it if it's not a bad word like I saw a, a a tweet today that had an asterisk where the O would go in Spotify. That's not, that's not what those are for. They're, they're to bleep out bad words and use as, as footnotes and stuff. Don't use it if it's not a bad word. And I've also noticed that the people who do that have a strong correlation with playing Animal Crossing, I would estimate fifteen percent of Animal Crossing players use an asterisk elimination map.
4: You realize it's because the people, when they, when people search on Twitter for those words, that, that they don't want that tweet to be part of the
3: <laughs>
4: trend. That's why people do that.
3: I honestly didn't know <laughs> that. What? Why? Because they don't I want the government it. tracking them.
4: No, it's just like it's just it's just it's just like when people just like
3: they don't want to be a part of search the search.
4: Yeah, so like someone's tweeting about Elon Musk but they don't want all the other Elon Musk stands to That's see
3: why it. that's why whenever I'm on Twitter I search every variation of the word. <laughs> I put asterisks in every single spot just in case. Just so I can find every single tweet about it.
2: But why does it matter if it's a word
3: that no one's going to search for? Just make your just make your account private at that point, right?
2: Yeah. For real. It's. If you it's, don't want people in your mentions. It's
4: it's it's Twitter, Pete. Nothing about nothing about Twitter makes sense.
2: That's a good point.
0: Everybody has a galaxy brain.
2: But this makes everybody
0: less, has a galaxy brain.
2: This makes less. It's a good take. A good take.
0: <laughs> everybody on Twitter is right. <laughs> Except well, exactly. <laughs>
1: All right, Kiefer Jordan. what do you guys want to go next?
4: I'll go. Today, um, it came across the APY. I saw this story um, about two Idaho state runners who had filed a request in court to side, with, uh, side against um, a lawsuit um, about this really unjust law in Idaho that says that transgender women can't um, compete in women's sports. And the thing about the thing that really bothers me about this, I mean, it's it's obviously just hatred and ignorance, you know, embodied in, you know, just you know, court filings and the laws isn't just. But a, a Montana runner named Junie, but she's um, was assigned male at birth, but she's she's a woman, and she is the one of the first cross country runners or cross country and track runners to, uh, trans cross country and track runners to run in the United States, and she runs for Montana, and they specifically named um, her in this. In this thing, and this, and this is the quote that gets me, female defeat pe- by male athlete is uniquely demoralized due to the elemental inequality involved in being subjected to the matchup in the first place. And that's just simply not true. They are just pulling things out of their ass. And it's just very, very disappointing to see that people
0: are still as bigoted.
1: Kiefer, do you want to or do you want me to go?
0: I can go. We'll save right. you best for last.
1: All right, we'll see about that. But
0: So... What's really gotten me heated, um, and I actually want to preface this with a statement. The statement reads as follows, uh, Vince McMahon, and here's why. The XFL was one of the best things to happen in sports in years, right? The second reboot, they did it in 2001, it failed. They did it a second time, and everything was going well. Now, we hit a pandemic, right? Back in February, McMahon said, I will fund $500 million of my own money into this thing to make sure it survives for three years and we can create long-term success. Obviously, pandemic hit. But what he ended up doing was filing for bankruptcy so he didn't have to pay everybody, fired everybody, and now is not going to buy it back when he previously stated that he might. The XFL, as of right now, is dead because of Vince McMahon, who said that he wasn't going to let it die. Now, somebody could swoop in and buy it. I hope somebody does, but I'm really mad at Vince for that. So,
2: boom. keeper, we were big XFL guys. Huge, yeah. Seattle
0: battle Dragons, Hawks, baby. Battle Hawks. Battle, battle Hawks. Hawks. Yes, sir. Sorry, I'm heated. My poor Seattle Dragons were we're gonna we're gonna turn it around. If they had a full
4: season, they would have. I, that's what I'm saying. The, the, you know what? I, I miss the AAF too, man. The Arizona Hotshots were, were gonna be my team.
2: Uh, I, I, I was this.
4: I was. I was. It's. Was, it was extremely close to uh, buying a Hotshots flag in full on whole bunch of hotshots gear.
2: I was a uh, Memphis Exus Express fan and I almost bought a Johnny football jersey.
4: Oh you should have missed out. I did.
3: Was it Alcrum like, Wadley playing in
2: the AAF? Yeah.
4: yeah you know, I I feel like I feel like we all kind of missed out on our chance to to nab some like jerseys that long term are gonna be hilarious because I feel like those AAF jerseys or XFL jerseys 10, 15 years down the down the line, especially if there's a guy that ends up being kind of
0: decent it's tough it's an investment at that point it is that's what i'm saying
1: all right so this week my heat check is on the lance armstrong espn documentary i don't think lance armstrong deserves any sort of documentary or any sort of attention i think the guy is a cheater he obviously was he was doping um i don't think that like part of me thinks that maybe his, his reason for doing this is to get some sympathy. I hope nobody gives him sympathy. Um, I don't think we should be giving Lance Armstrong any sort of credible platform yet. Here we are. Um, I also think that I, well I was reading that Lance Armstrong would only interview like after he had worked out, which I think is a total douche move. Um, and you know what? I, I admit I bought some Liz bracelets back in the day. And uh, you know what, Lance? I was egg on my face because had I known you were using steroids, you would have never sniffed my money. And I think this whole documentary is a complete sham.
0: Thank you.
3: Burn them. Burn those Livestrong bracelets.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I need to get myself a glass of water because those are some hot takes. It is burning up in this room here. But – that is all that we have for this week. I uh, want to give a special shout out to Jordy again for joining us. I think we had a lot of fun here today. Um, hope to have a lot of fun in the future. But uh, take care.